Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I'd love for you to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or follow the show if you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is one of my favorite bands, English rock duo, Royal Blood. And yes, of course, I am rocking the tank top. We talk all about their fourth studio album, Back to the Water Below, both the pride and anxiety that comes from being in an Arctic Monkeys, Foo Fighters sandwich at Glastonbury, all of the lessons they've learned from Dave Grohl, insane stories about nudity, psychedelics, and golf carts, the power of Mike's sobriety, and how the chemistry between Mike and Ben is the greatest gift of all. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. Guys, I am so, so, so happy to be here with you guys. It's, I was thinking about it. Like We now have known each other for quite some time. Come up yeah. to 10 years, right? It is. It is 10 years. Since the Mercury Lounge. Well, funny you should bring that up. Oh. Here it is. I went back and found this post dated May 13th, 2014. Now, I'm from New York, but at the time I was already living in Los Angeles and I had a trip back to New York and that's when I realized you were going to do this show. And I was this close. Obviously, I'm right here. And I, I think I've told you this before, but I teared up at this show. I really? did. I teared up. I was that. I'd already known the music and I loved it. But then seeing it live and the way I felt at that show brought tears to my eyes. Wow. I think because, you know, 2014, rock was kind of already being ushered out of the mainstream, especially in the U.S. It was really like taking a backseat. And there hadn't been like a new young band that was so exciting. And then seeing you guys there really overwhelmed me. It was, it was pretty magical. We were quite overwhelmed that day as well. Because I think this was the gig where Jimmy, Jimmy Page, Page was uh, peering, peering over the sound. In this desk. room. I think that's why yeah. I'm so desperately closing my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're crying as well. Yeah. Did you know that Jimmy Page was there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, you had gotten a heads up that he might show up? Yeah. Well, as you know, the dressing room is at the back of the stage. Right. You have to walk through the crowd. Yeah. So he was kind of standing right by the sounder. So I literally yeah. had to brush his shoulder to get to the guest. So. That's pretty unbelievable. Now, I also saw him there and Led Zeppelin's my favorite band. So I was freaking out. Maybe I was crying because it was yeah, happening. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah, why yeah. I was crying. But I still chose, even knowing I could have been closer to Jamie, I still close to be, chose to be this close to the stage, which is, which is showing a lot. Um, and I was thinking about it. It was 10 years ago that Out of the Black came out. That's when it, it was yeah. 10 years. It's like, the ten, yeah. it's like almost to the date, I feel like. Was it the 11th that yes. that came out? yes. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. And then I was thinking, okay, ever since then, I was obsessed and I found some like special moments through the years. Oh. When you guys were on Kimmel, that was a good one. Uh, that was when Rob Goldklang and I, who's here today, we hardcore rocked, again, pressed up against the stage, hardcore rocking out. And this is another favorite, Lollapalooza. I think this was your first Lollapalooza, maybe, in Chicago. I can't remember. Yeah, that might be right. But that was, inc we've had some pretty amazing times. I think I went to like Conan with you. Oh my God, the Viper Room show. Oh yeah. yeah. The secret show. Yeah. We did a Code Red at that one where the, um, the drums yes. go into the yes, crowd. Yes, you did. Yeah. 
And it was the Viper Room show was so cool because it was secret. It was last minute. Um, and you came out with the drums and it was like such a short set. Yeah. It was very short and furious yeah. and powerful. And yes, Code Red, you came out. And uh, the Troubadour. I remember yes. the tru- I remember you like hanging <laughs> over the balcony or that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was. And then, of course, when I started the mosh pit at, I guess it was the Will Turn. And that was when I, the famous line where I said, Brian, hold my bag. And I went right into the crowd and started a mosh pit with two large men. And I was like, let's go. And I started like <laughs> flailing limbs. Yeah. Amazing. I just loved Royal Blood. Uh, Great t-shirt. Committed, guys. Yeah. I'm committed. I've loved Royal Blood from the start. Well, thank you for being such a fan and of our band. And, yeah. So thinking back like on these 10 years, you know, I feel like your ascent was pretty fast in the beginning. Because I remember you were thinking of maybe being a chef at one point and then like... Yeah, oh, well, I didn't think we'd be doing this. Right, you know? right. I think by the time we had started this band it felt like we'd left the idea of um this being a career behind us Mm -hmm. honestly i think um yeah we kind of felt not burnt out but we'd been in multiple bands where that was the thing we'd zeroed zeroed in on you know how do we make this our job and i think that approach was just quite exhausting Mm -hmm. and it um it took a lot of the fun out of it so i think this band was about forgetting that idea and just playing for ourselves and yeah. entertaining our friends. And, um, cause it's always funny when people sort of ask us, you know, did we expect this or plan this? It's like, it's so, yeah, <laughs> it's the it was complete opposite of right. that. There was, there was no vision whatsoever. But it kind of took, once you guys found that it was going to be the two of you, cause I know that you had been in bands yeah. for a while and you found that, wow, there's like something magical happening between the two of us, like chemistry between the two of you. Things did kind of pick up though quickly like straight away did it feel like that to you it didn't like didn't you get like one of your first major tours wasn't that like with iggy pop and like food fighters like kind of early on we did a couple of years of Mm -hmm. kind of of no one knowing who we were and, um, and playing to five people um and you know and doing that but honestly it felt like all of that um slogging it in the van all that yeah. had really been done in bands before this before, one right so in in comparison yeah it was only really like two years of that before we were getting offers to right. play with the Foo Fighters exactly. and do all, this, do all this crazy shit you know yeah so the ascent the kind of build-up felt like our entire lives right it was it was, it was <laughs> you your know? whole life to this moment but yeah. once you guys found the magic between the two of you yeah was kind of ignited yeah like we, the next we've been era. in bands since we were 12 right, so it was right. like by the time you're 23 it was like yeah let's fucking yeah let's, let's, go. let's go yeah we, this is what we've I kind of think you get a bit of for. luck and with that bit of luck of like a certain person seeing you or a certain bit of press going out or you know for us it was we put up a, a song and the right person heard it yeah and but it's, it that's one bit the second bit is about being prepared yes, afterwards yeah and having all of that um you know our past with yeah. playing together and um but being prepared that's exactly right mm-hmm. that's what luck is is creating your own luck by what when opportunity and preparation meet that's yeah, exactly exactly right. yeah when you had those opportunities like to open to tour with you know foo fighters like what were those experiences like so early on really hard to take in mm-hmm. you know um a real kind of baptism of fire and 
suddenly going from playing to no one to being in guaranteed sold out stadiums and 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 also playing alongside a band that have done it so long and it's so well oiled yes um yeah just really really inspiring and and, and really kind of looked at it from a musician's point of view mm-hmm. you know um i think we watched their shows quite intensely and and see how they were putting a set list together and and not just on stage but off stage as yeah. well how they how they um interact with each other and everyone around them which was just really inspiring on how to how to conduct yourself on the road and how to yes. kind of survive this strange life of course and it was like a sort of yeah an opportunity to look into the future perhaps of where the idea of okay this might not just be something we get to do for a year this could be something we do for 10 years and if so how do you operate and for them it was just we just saw athletes yes we saw them yeah we saw them go and just play music all day in their in their jam room and it was just living and breathing the music and i think it's uh yeah it's infectious and i think it's not a gig it's a way of life absolutely yeah that's interesting that they were the same on stage as off and i think that was really enlightening for me mm-hmm. because I think being quite young and being up in front of that many people there's almost a protective mechanism where you go I don't think I'll be myself today because yeah. that's that's quite scary and I think um letting the kind of veil drop slowly right is a really empowering thing to do that is an empowering thing and i think and it's tricky for front men to like find that balance because i yeah. talk to a lot of singers and they're like i take a breath when i step on stage i'm one person mm-hmm. and then when i step up the stage i'm back to the other person so that's one way people do it other ways like dave Grohl, who's like always the same you yeah know? yeah i think it's by accepting that who you are out on stage is a part of who you are, but yeah. not all of who you are. Right, right. It's a part of who you are. Yeah, I, yeah. I would kind of liken it to a boxer. Yes. You know, you're in a certain state of mind before you go into the ring, but that state of mind isn't that appropriate at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> not your audience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's still a part of, yeah, of who you are. But yeah, um, yeah that, that experience touring with them was really inspiring. And that was sort of like towards the beginning to think about the tours that you've been on since, the headlining tours, the festivals, and now it's brought you to this fourth album, which is pretty amazing, guys. Congratulations. I want want to give you a round of applause. Back to the Water Below. I listened to it when it first came out, but I really did a deep dive recently just again, and, and it's really gorgeous. And I feel like on this album, I hear more Bowie. I hear more Beatles. I hear more, it's a little bit of like, maybe some of your influence kind of coming through even more. It's just a gorgeous body of work that's, that is a journey. I'd love to hear more about, I know it's self-produced. You have this beautiful jellyfish donning the cover. And I'd love to know more about your headspace with this album and sort of what the symbolism is of it. Yeah, I think not having a vision of, of making it as far as four records, mm-hmm. I think it meant that every time the opportunity to make a record has come around, we've always approached it as this is your last record. Because I think unless, I just don't think tomorrow's promised and I think you've got to kind of leave it all out there and, and do it your way because I think 
when all the lights go down and everyone goes home, all you're left with is your records. And mm-hmm. I think we want to look back on them and, and know we did what we wanted to do and not um, and not what we thought we should be doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, this album was a reaction to all the records we've made before. Um, and just, yeah, n- not chasing some of those influences you mentioned, yeah. but just being open to allowing, not censoring influences, mm-hmm. you know? I think because of the nature of how we started being a two-piece and it was all about limitation and and kind of not doing things, I think this record was about, um, yeah, allowing allowing kind of whatever we needed to do to serve the song to come through. So I think it resulted in some songs that are reminiscent of how we started, which is very minimal and very raw, but then other songs which, yeah, are more layered and kind of, pulling from the Beatles and T-Rex. Yes, and totally. Then, and it, it was just, it felt like we had full use of a, of the gearbox, you know? That's beautiful. To me, this sounds like freedom to me. Yeah. It sounds like you just taking a deep breath and letting go and seeing what comes out. Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. that as a listener listening to this album. I think Typhoons was a real bridge for us to and allowed us to do this as well because Typhoons was written during real difficult time in not being able to play shows, not being able to be with family or friends. And um, it was kind of a studio album in the end, Mm -hmm. but um, we used sounds and went in a direction that was um, a departure, I guess, from our, what we're known for and um, putting in different sounds, going that disco four to the floor type thing. Um, And I think it just allowed us to do, what we're doing on this record, which is kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's just your, your, your people, your music fans, your artists. And I think that's beautiful to explore all influences, all parts of you. That's how you become who you are. Yeah. If you're always staying in the same lane at all times, that's not, that's not the meeting the potential of your artistry. Yeah. I think everything on this record had to feel like something we hadn't done before. And even if it felt, like familiar territory it had to be a version of that territory we hadn't explored before yes and i think my one of my highlights in the record are the things that go further than than ever honestly um and uh yeah that feeling of uh, bowie describing it as your feet just leaving the bottom of the pool Mm -hmm. i think that that sensation is something that we were tuned into where it felt if you have that feeling, it's probably that you're probably on, right. onto something, yeah. Waves is a highlight for me. That song is gorgeous. And I actually, that stood out to me on, upon first listen. And that's when you know a song is really special when it's, because sometimes there are songs that like, all of a sudden, after hearing it a bunch of times, you're like, oh, wow, I really love that song. But yeah. Waves was a first listen for me. I'd love to just hear more about it because I know you guys have been playing it in your sets. Um, so tell me about that song. I don't think we're alone in that the 11th hour of making a record tends to be the most sort of prolific period. Uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely the case for us. Like every record, that kind of last effort of writing and then and, and pushing yourself that bit further 
I think it happens in sports as well, yes. like extra time. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's when all the magic seems to happen. So you, you dig deep yeah, without even so, realizing it yeah. sometimes. And I think, um, yeah, that song, especially the way it started with just that verse section, is just so not reminiscent of anything we've done before. So it really felt like we'd gone completely out into the jungle <laughs> and the sat-nav's gone down and the car's broken down, just wandering off into the wilderness um but yeah it was just kind of tuning into that feeling again of well this is coming from an honest place and it's like here we are so let's explore it and yeah like musically it just sort of seemed to take off and it just immediately felt special um and it was very instinctual like it, it was written in kind of a day. <laughs> that's just, see, that's amazing. Yeah. Some of the gems just come out that way. They like come out with you even real being part of it. Like it just yeah. sort of comes out. Yeah. And there's a song on Typhoons called All We Have Is Now. Yep. That, yeah, kind of felt like it was pointing us in the direction of waves. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we've always, after playing All We Have Is Now live, there's always a feeling of like, I wish this took off or went somewhere because it's this short snippet of a song. Mm-hmm. So this felt like, okay, I'm learning from that. That was the introduction. Absolutely, yeah. Um, It was almost like a gateway into another part of you. Yeah. 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 And the ending of that song is just, yeah, it feels really really powerful to play live. Oh, my God. And it's like simple. I think (laughs) there's a lot of times on Typhoons where it looks easy, but it's really hard. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There was a point where I was like, can we just play something that's really easy? (laughs) Like this little daunting, really impressive. And you've been having Will from Bad Nerves uh, come up on stage and and play that as well. Yeah, it's just served this really nice opportunity to include new musicians onto the stage. And we're on tour with Hot Wax now from the UK. Um, So we've got Tallulah kind of playing that role. That's cool. Yeah, it's really nice. It kind of brings brings the show together, and um, yeah, that just adds a new dynamic for us having more people on stage and. But I think it's really cool now, and I want to ask you, do you now notice kind of where your role is in the landscape? Like the fact that you have a band like, you know, Hot Wax and bad, awesome bands, by the way. You guys are picking awesome, like bands I love. I was psyched when I heard these bands were going to be opening for you. But now you're that band that inspires other bands. You know, that like, oh, I'm like now like these new bands, like I love this band called Return to Dust. I'm like, so, they must love Royal Blood, you know? Right. Like, and that does that make you feel good to know yeah. that now you're inspiring this next wave of musicians and bands yeah and there's no feeling of superiority at all Mm -hmm. like they're unbelievable musicians and it's just kind of it's more just the feeling of yeah sharing great music with our audience Mm -hmm. um and because you know being in a band's tough and it's Mm -hmm. like um getting in front of people is really difficult um so when you kind of hear a band you love and you, you know you have this platform you can be like you should come on tour with us and get right it's, it's, that's an amazing feeling you know well there was this beautiful full circle moment at glastonbury this year when you were wearing an arctic monkeys mm-hmm. tank to sort of like pay it pay it forward because it was it 10 was it 10 years ten ago years. when matt wore the uh-huh. royal blood shirt yeah see that's it means everything when bands in the community support each other and say i love this new band you know because i'm sure that i bet you just matt wearing the shirt probably gave royal blood like a huge look looking back now it has 
right then it didn't. Right. It was just no one had any idea who we were. So <laughs> yeah, but, it, sort of rev- it sort of served as a kind of moment after it, after we'd kicked off. Right, yeah, right, this sort right. Of rever- it was almost like reverse engineered. Yeah, like Ben was saying at the time, it was me, Ben, and our friends going, what the fuck? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. like, that's and, awesome. And right. like yeah. no one else. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah. What was that like, you know, 10 years later playing Glastonbury, playing the Pyramid stage? Like that, like those moments, you know, they're like, do you, are you a little out of body or like what's your headspace like in those moments? Yeah, they're, they're so bizarre, honestly, because um, there's almost like two sides. There's almost like two ways of looking at it, for me, at least from my perspective. And one is like, this is extremely high pressure. Mm-hmm. This is like, Millions of people are going to see this. You know, your peers are kind of literally peering yeah. <laughs> from the side of the Yeah, your peers are peering. Yeah. And it's this don't fuck it up thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's another half of you, which is just like, I'm going up there to do what we do and love every day. And what's that stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's this like balancing act of those yeah. two things. And I think sometimes if you tune too far into one. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> like, you kind of need both of them a little bit to like yeah, keep you grounded. So yeah. From my from my experience, the first sort of three songs are just it's like you've never played the songs before in your life. Uh-huh. And you're making brand new mistakes and it's all getting to your head and then and then you kind of settle in. I don't know how it was for you, but that's... how is it for you, Ben? Yeah, I, I think the first time we played it was such a like sorry, the first well, first time we played Glastonbury all together was in a the John Peel tent. Um and we had I just didn't I've never seen that many people in front of us before. So that was quite shocking. And then to do it on the pyramid stage, which is biggest stage in the world. Yeah. And to, we had a number one record and we we're very right. excited and yeah, like there's all kinds of things going on. But for this time it was very exciting, obviously, but I felt a little bit more settled. Good. A little bit more like Good. I know where I am here now i I know what to expect and and yeah it was just like that's awesome yeah that's awesome it doesn't get any bigger you know so like no when those moments happen are you like we did it like we like i do you feel successful in those moments i'll tell you what actually because this one obviously arty monkey's headlining and there was this secret act playing before us The churn ups. <laughs> the churn ups. And yeah. we we didn't know who who that was until quite late on. And like a week before. Yeah. Oh, by the way. You're, yeah. You're playing after the Foo Fighters. You're <laughs> <laughs> oh sandwiched in between the biggest uh, yeah. rock band Good in luck. the UK and the biggest rock band in America. Yeah. Off you go. Off you and go. Uh, I think what it made me a little bit nervous, but also yeah, the balancing thing, it spurred me on to be like, we're going to go out there and give it to them, you know? After yeah. The- yeah, I think those situations are so bizarre. And there's, who do you phone? Yeah. <laughs> who, who the fuck do you call to be yeah. like, how do you... <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own, really. And yeah. I, I think it just comes down to doubling down on who you are. You know, and I kind of was saying earlier about watching the the foods go out and being the same off stage on stage it's like there's no um it would be so tempting in that scenario to go and be something you're not mm-hmm. and to try and 
make it a competition of some kind whereas really it's just like actually this is what we do this is who we are so we're going to go and do that we belong here yeah we belong here yeah yeah that's that's unbelievable and it's like we're all shooting for the same thing and dave was backstage like and had our backs so it's like yeah yeah that's what it's about it's not fuck, said, it's not fucking battle of the bands yeah thank god yeah, yeah. he came over to me and he was like how are you feeling and i was like bit nervous he was like why <laughs> i was like don't ask me why that's, that's so dave i love yeah. that what's been your your sort of rapport with you know dave Grohl, foo fighters other you know big bands that you've that you've toured with and especially i know like being a fan of dave Grohl's and taylor hawkins you know through the years what has it been like to have exchanges with them and, and to tour with them amazing you realize they're just great people and they're fun to hang out with and they're and yeah they've they've inspired me from being a teenager and watching nirvana and watching yeah foo fires and chili peppers or you know all of that and to get to do that with them is it's just the dream come true yeah i can't i can't even imagine for me just to, to meet them and hang them and interview them is like is that moment for me but to be a fellow musician i feel like it's a whole other you know level who did you grow up listening to, both of you? Like, who was it that really helped you influence or inspire your sound or who, what music you wanted to do? That's quite a lot. I mean, I grew up in quite a religious setting. Um, so it was kind of a lot of hymns from dusty old books. And then I was, and I've got four sisters who were listening to uh-huh. like the Spice Girls, which I love, but it didn't. Not, not, there was nothing really available that had really resonated with you. Yeah. yeah. And then just slowly things were creeping in, like Elvis. I met like my, my earliest memory of music, probably running around with like an acoustic, just pretending to be Elvis and just okay. listening to, yeah, which is kind of what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I don't know if I bought it or someone gave it to me. I, I listened to uh, Firestarter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, it was just like listening to the voice of the devil himself. And it was just, this is, yeah. even now when I listen to that song, I'm like, this is from another planet. Prodigy is just the absolute yeah. best. I put on Prodigy now and then just yeah. to kind of get me into a zone. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. And then, yeah, things like Nirvana, all that was kind of dripping through, but. I was learning piano as well. And again, like learning very just songs about leaves that you play with two fingers. (laughs) As you do. And then I discovered Queen and Mm -hmm. the Beatles. And then um, just so, and then just like playing, honestly playing the piano and learning those songs, I think is what really like drew me in. Mm -hmm. And then that, that was it. Like uh, even it's like everyone would go and play football at the school and I'll just be in the, in the music room just on the piano. That was kind of, that was it for me. So music spoke to you like, this is my calling. Yeah. I was probably about six and I was like. Really? As early as six? Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that at the time. Right, right, right. But you're like, I just love (laughs) this. Subconscious. Yeah. 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 What about you, Ben? Yeah. It's kind of similar, really. Uh, I really got got into playing the drums seriously, probably around 15, although I was playing at like six years old. Mm -hmm. But when I started to be influenced by Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, Chad Smith. Yeah. Um, and then when I heard John Theodore playing on the Mars Volta uh, record. Malta. Yeah. 
That blew my mind. Um, Love Mars Volta. And so I guess they're my... And then from listening to Dave Grohl playing drums, Taylor Hawkins playing drums, and Chad, it kind of... I went in reverse to hear, well, John Bonham, Zeppelin, from Dave's drumming. Like and, a deceptive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Hawkins was like police and queen. and Yeah. And that's... So I went backwards. Um, and I was really into the new metal, Linkin Park, like... Same stuff, Limp Biscuit, and me too. All the drumming that. in that music's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was like for me, like so. Nirvana changed my life, but then when I heard Nirvana cover Bowie, then I went back and learned about Bowie. Yeah, so yeah. Similar. yeah. It's like yeah. you love a certain artist, but then you go back and discover their influences. Yeah, and that's they're sort of like, oh, I should know who they are since I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's interesting. I know when I when I interviewed Taylor Hawkins, he talked about the day he saw Queen. And after that moment, you saw Roger Taylor like spinning into the air. He's like, I want to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's, that's so cool. Last time I had you guys on my show, you were entering into a new chapter of your life with sobriety. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you were in an incredible place where you were like sea swimming. and You were like running marathons. Where are you with all of that now? Yeah, I haven't been in the sea in a long time. I kind of it's one of those things when you stop doing, it's it's harder and harder to get yeah, back in there. Yeah, that's difficult. I mean, I was impressed when you were doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think um like fitness has become a big part of mm-hmm. being on the road actually. Right. Which is something that probably is uh yeah, it's quite alien really it's not it's not that co- i mean there's people that do it but it's not commonplace so i think when people see me kind of going for a run after the gig they're like what are you doing well it's a substitution <laughs> it's like one type of behavior yeah sort of- there is a bit of that i mean mm-hmm. running isn't ruining my life <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right 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 but, but it, it, you, yeah obviously you have to be aware of those things because you don't want it to just replace where you were um, right but I mean, it's just like it's habitual, just like anything else. So if you get used to every night or every morning I drink, I, every morning I drink, um, <laughs> or you just substitute it with, well, now I don't drink anymore, but I do this. Well, you I know? think, yeah, what what I got in return was time. Yeah, time. Like fucking loads and loads of time and energy. Yeah. So you have to, unfortunately, use up that time and that energy. So it's like it's it just usually means pointing it towards things of value mm-hmm. or things that you used to do, right? but you quit mm-hmm. so you could get on the pub instead, you know? Yeah, so yeah. you either kind of rekindle old hobbies or interests or, or, or find new ones. Yeah. Congrats on that. How, how long are you sober now? 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. No, uh, uh, it will be five years in February. That's wild. Congratulations. Yeah, That's a massive feat. A massive feat. And you've been so supportive this entire time, Ben. Tried to be. <laughs> I just drink the drinks he doesn't. Right, yeah. right, right. That's how Best you're drink. <laughs> drinking twice as much. <laughs> but I'm impressed. Look, I've I've hung with you guys. We've had so many great times. Um, so I, I I give you a lot of credit. That's like a hard switch. But I know sometimes it takes like hitting a low point, you know, hitting like a rock bottom. I remember you sharing like this, you were in Vegas and there was like a moment where you're like, this cannot continue. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean like I think I just hit a point where I'm in this for music, you know. Right. Like we're just talking about how we got into it. Mm-hmm. 
And I wasn't like, yeah, I was five pretending to be Elvis and getting hammered. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> yeah. that wasn't a part of the interest. And that isn't the thing. That's not why I'm in it. Yeah. I think though, I think drinking and partying, that sort of latches on at some point into what you do and actually yeah. begins to ruin it. Yeah. You know? Um I saw someone say the other day, anyone that kind of makes that makes drinking an essential part of their life or their career, it always, it, what did he say? He said, it's a road paid for losers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it ruins your art, it ruins your writing, it ruins what you do. And yeah. um, that was, I was noticing that effect. Mm-hmm. I was writing shit songs. I was playing badly. I, it started to kind of eat away at what I love doing. Yeah. And it was like, you got to pick. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I pick music every yeah. fucking time. Kudos to you. That's difficult because a lot of people, many people aren't as fortunate to be able to find their way, you know? So that's that's pretty inspiring. Yeah. And just, to- and just that like inaccuracy, I mm-hmm. think is really damaging. Like it's, it's one of two things. Either you think you're fucking awesome <laughs> all the time, which is usually <laughs> what it is. Right. Like I was great. Well, listen to this. It's great. And that's so unhelpful as a, if you're going to be creative for a living. Yeah. What you need is accuracy. You need to be like, well, that bit's great. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest isn't. It was either that or the complete opposite, which is everything I do is shit. Right. Oh, I was shit. Oh, it's all. That's toxic. And as it's well. just this black yeah. and white way of thinking that's so, yeah, just not helpful if you're going to tour as a musician for a living or, yeah. or be a creative person for a living. That's a really damaging pattern of thinking mm-hmm. to fall into. It is. How do you guys, and I'm glad that you have each other, you know, to sort of keep keep yourself sane and grounded. How do you navigate a lot of the darkness, toxicity that comes with touring, that comes with social media, um, just comes with criticism? You know, how do you kind of stay healthy? It's just the music, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as that first song kicks in, I'm back in the rehearsal space with Ben and, and the the world fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that feeling of playing for yourself and playing to impress each other that's yeah. so pure, you know, and, and, and that can't really be shaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that we're friends Aww. helps as well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we 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 weren't we're not winners of some competition that have been put together or anything it's like true. that. So it's true. And I you've think, been friends for how long? When did you? How well, old since were you? We were like fifteen, maybe. Yeah. So I think having, yeah, building a band on a friendship is building on a proper foundation. You know. Ah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Ah, what would you say? Like, how do you complement each other? Like, what do you think? Because you guys really—it's the chemistry that's the magic of royal blood. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. It's so unique to the two of you. What do you think it is? Like, what is your what's your favorite thing about Ben? Well, I think chemistry relies on opposites, mm-hmm. and we're very different. You know, mm-hmm. Ben's fire, and I'm oxygen. I love. That. <laughs> do you agree with fuck- this, Ben? Yeah, which causes do. a fucking explosion. Yeah. You know, that's so good. Um. I think we're very different in ways and yeah, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned as well, just what each other need in, in like with space and with humor. Yeah. Like we're, we're, I think we, yeah, our friendship is very humorous. We're joking the whole time and 
I think as soon as that goes, you know, what, what do you have you, to like? You know, you need to yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because life should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. Is there a specific anecdote you can recall about the other one that, uh, just like a loving moment? The only answers I can think of are totally inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I oh, put me on the spot. Of course. I can think of one that predates the band that's quite good. Oh, I want to hear. <laughs> where we had a long drive and I was, um, I really liked this girl, but she didn't like me. And I was about 16. I was pouring my heart out to Ben and he was listening going, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, you know saying all the right things. And then I looked over and he was basically completely naked. <laughs> and the Wait. entire time I had spent, I, I, I was driving, so I had eyes on the road and I, I was getting everything I needed to hear. And I didn't know that while I'd been just taking off confessing my how I feel, he'd just been slowly removing his clothes. I'm so confused why you were naked. And it, but it made I mean, me feel better. Okay. You, you were go. both vulnerable. I'm yeah. confused. I well, that's know. another story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you recall this story, Ben? Oh yeah. I've, okay. There's there's been plenty of times where this has happened. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back in when I was a teenager, I liked to take off my clothes quite oh. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like answer the door completely like, naked. Full nude. Yeah. Full nude. Nude. I okay. could accurately draw Ben. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, That's yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Just the confidence and just being yeah. comfortable in your own skin. I think it just brought. Again, it's humour. It's just yeah, funny, it's just, isn't it? There's nothing yeah. funnier. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing funnier. There isn't. Especially Ben's in a moment of seriousness. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's true. And someone just streaks or, yeah, that's yeah, plus. It's, it is true. It is true. It's I, liberating I, as well. It is liberating. But do you have a story to share about Mike? Okay, let's think. I need to think about this. Can I have a thing? Okay, fine, think fine, about fine. It? Okay. Um... Ooh, Download Festival. Another yes. thing I wanted to talk to you guys. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Another milestone because I, you guys haven't played in like a, 10 years. Is that true? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, 10 yeah. years. Yeah. We kind of, yeah. Download's quite a heavy festival. Yeah. And I guess our first couple of records were had that more heavier side, I guess. So we're just going to play the disco album. Right, of course. Just (laughs) waves on repeat. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but I think that's what's cool about Royal Blood and what's so unique is that you don't fit into a a specific category or genre. You know, Mm -hmm. again, it's not been about the genre sound. It's been about the two of you. So I feel like it transcends festivals and scenes and um, that's really cool. Do those moments really sit with you? Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm still... Stoked when I find out this, that people are coming. Yeah. That people are coming to the gig. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like wow. I'm yeah, that's like, awesome. That hasn't really like got old for me. I've yeah. noticed um, next year actually we're playing quite a lot of like rock festivals as well. We because yeah, like you say, we don't really fit in any box. We do the alternative rock thing, yeah. and then but we've got like is it like rock and ring or rock? No, what are we do rock and rock and rock ring, and yeah. yeah. And are we doing like Hellfest or Hellfest, something? Hellfest, I yeah. saw it also. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Which are places that we've never been. That's, so that's it's going to be fun. Very happy for you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, very happy for you. How are you feeling right now? Like, where's your headspace? Good. Good. It's, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm loving being in America, playing these shows. Um, it's great. We, we live the best life. Aww. We get to tour around and... 
be on your show and Aww. get to talk about music and yeah, there's nothing to complain about. Oh, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I love you guys. I mean, even just having you here, how do you feel about being in America now you've been back and forth a ton of times? How do you feel about it now? Where do you like to go? Do you like to explore the whole country? Do you have a favorite city? I mean, it's, it's my favorite place to tour. I think um, I just find there's something with the audience. I just feel like they're really paying attention. You know, there's a real care for the details. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think rock and roll is so woven into the history. And, and you know, like, as soon as you like come from the airport and get in a Uber, there's like a fucking guitar solo on the radio. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and I think being in the band that we are, we just it feels comfortable, you know? And um, it's so different. Yeah. <laughs> People you know, come home and everyone goes, how was America? And it's like, I don't know how to fucking answer right. that. What, what are you on about? Like it's, it's, um, I love, I love playing in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I love being in New York. That's yeah. probably like my favorite part of the US, but it almost doesn't feel like America. It feels like its own country. Um, I will say as a New Yorker, I do think New York's the greatest city on the planet. I think New York's its own electricity. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's wild. It's yeah. wild. The yeah. energy of New York is just unparalleled. Yeah, it's kind of got me hook, line, and sinker, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. I love, I love I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I see yeah. what you did there. Out now. Yeah, <laughs> right. What about you, Ben? Well, it's perfect for touring. Yeah. Because you drive from city to city and state to state, and everywhere's different. And the people are different, the food's different, the culture's yeah. different, and it's just exciting. Great mm-hmm. venues as well. Great venues, yeah. Amazing old theatres. and yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And I, I guess coming from a small village in the UK where, you know, six six hours and you're in Scotland, you know. Right. Where it, it's, just, it's just so different and for, for what we've come from. And I think it's... Yeah, just bigger and better. Aw. Do you think you'd ever live here? Yeah, I'm trying to like really? make that happen. Yeah, I want to live in New York. Okay. I've spent yeah. a lot of time there, um, like months at a time, but obviously have commitments in the UK, so I've been going back and forth a lot. But yeah, I'm That's finding spending my, spending most of my time there now. That's awesome. Touring, You'll yeah. have to keep me posted because I can give you some insi- insight. Please do, yeah, yeah. I love New York. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I would I, just because I grew up in a kind of sleepy seaside town. Mm-hmm. I thought that kind of chaos that everyone, chaos. some people seem to sort of complain about. I thought that would be an issue, but I was like, no, I actually need this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot about yourself. You kind of become a lot of who you are just being in that environment. It's it's really unique. yeah. I like that grit, and I it like is that. Grit. I like that leaving your apartment and just sort of it being like uphill. Into the elements. And just sort of having yes. to like karate chop your it way sure through is. the morning. I'm like. It is exactly how I would describe it. I'm into that. You I like mean, open I mean, your door and it is like. I'm all ready. about the struggle. It is. It is. Yeah. I'm sort of, I don't want to do that anymore, but I did <laughs> do enough. it for the majority of my life. So yeah. now I prefer LA. <laughs> I don't see it being a long term plan. I, mm-hmm. I will admit that. Yeah. I can imagine like 10 years of it being like, get, get, get me, me out. out. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh. Right now, I'm in that kind of, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, where my head's at. Really? I change my mind every 10 seconds. Though, well, so. that's okay. <laughs> what about you, Ben? You think you can live here? My brother lives in Nashville. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got family over there, um, but I'm very settled. Okay. I'm quite a homebody, and I like, you know, like we were saying, got my lovely girlfriend and the dog, and, yeah. and going home's quite special for Aww. me as well because we spend a lot of time away yeah like you do. we're, we're yeah. away until christmas eve pretty much now mm-hmm. well, mike's yeah. away for ages he's going to india he's on a quest to find a new sound well yeah the uh yeah the tour is sort of i managed to just stay on the road so i'm just going west so i'm we go to new zealand australia and then the next show is in india oh okay so i'm just Got gonna it. He's Mate, on a world keep tour. Keep going. You're on a world tour. I'm on a world tour, yeah. That's, that's Mike's amazing. World tour. Have you thought of a story about Mike yet? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> do you know what? There's so many that come to mind and they're so inappropriate. But um, There's no such thing. Mike is quite mischievous. There was one time we were in Canada and um, we both were quite drunk. And kind of went out in the crowd. Really drunk. Yeah, quite drunk means <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, we're on a lot of things. Okay. Let's just say that. And I convinced Mike to get down to the front to watch Imagine Dragons. Um, you're, you're, hang on a minute. I'm nervous about where this <laughs> is going. Let's quickly, quite drunk. <laughs> many things happened during <laughs> this. Many ha- things happened during this night, though, and yeah. it resulted in I us. Saw, actually saw dragons, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we actually know so with knowing, yeah. yeah. We stole a golf buggy. It was a festival <laughs> and drove into a forest together. And... I was, I think I was driving and then there was some like, we like, again, we're tripping here, but there was some weird things that happened along the way. We met these people at, um, this campfire and then, (laughs) and then Dan Reynolds was there. No, we saw him the next morning. We told him all about this. We made made some friends. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, we walked through a swamp that was just filled with frogs. I've got I videos of this stuff as well. And I had this like Indiana Jones hat on. But get this, these people, these this couple, <laughs> yeah, this, this couple is... that were tripping had like joined forces with us wandering around. And we walked through a campsite and then suddenly they looked at each other and they were like, okay, ready, go. And they just started stealing shit. They just started looting, stealing chairs. And we are like, what the fuck is going on? And they were like, help. They were trying to recruit you in their like criminal activities. Yes. And I was like, Ben, we have to. Li-. And we just ran away from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through the frogs. While they, yeah. while they were stealing shit. I oh, was that like, is, that's a dark turn. I was yeah. like, what are you guys doing? That? And then, yeah. And then the frogs. And then, and then yeah. what happened? You made yourself safely back? or Well, I remember walking back to the stage and I was like, oh, the stage is over there. Mike burst out laughing going that is not the stage it's tiny he was he was pointing at a a light box about the size of that (laughs) going going we have to go to the mate and i was burst out laughing and and, but then i was like oh shit that is the stage (laughs) oh no who was on at this time who was performing at this time oh no no one this this is is four in the morning oh this is like okay yeah 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 That's when you saw Dan Reynolds at breakfast catering the next yeah, day. Yeah, we did. We, were like, we did. He had. We actually did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had his top off. He had his top off. Yeah, at breakfast. Yeah, he did. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's ambitious. I would have my top off at breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Like that. it's yeah, true. Yeah. It's true. That was fun. Oh my god. 
guys. Yeah. He thank God then, you shared the story. Yeah. And then we yeah. woke up and realized that none of that happened. You actually weren't on tour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were back like in Brighton. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. All right, let's do deep cuts. That's amazing. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Great choice. Songs for the Deaf. First concert. Lincoln Park, I think it was, at the Docklands Arena. That's a great Supported by concert. Puddle of Mud. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Gold Frap at the Brighton Dome. These are good, these are good first concerts. Impressive. What's a song you wish you wrote? Mm. Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for those sweet Benjamins. Actually, no, no. Do you know what? I would go, I'd go Adele. Um, her Bond song. What was her Bond song called? Skyfall. Oh, yeah, the Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Um, I think I'm going to go for like a Christmas hit. Okay. Yeah. Um, By the um, way, what's your Merry favorite? Christmas, everyone. Actually, what's yeah. your favorite Christmas song? Because mine's Last Christmas Wham. Uh, driving home for Christmas, Chris Rear. Okay. Favorite Christmas song. I urge you to go back and watch the last the Christmas. Darkness Christmas song. Oh, great. that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Don't let the bells Don't end. Don't let the bells end. Yeah, the darkness is great. The darkness is great. Yeah, Justin's crushing. Did you see how he like reviewed one of your songs? We did. Yeah. Yeah. A friend, yeah. A friend sent it, it to was me. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what he's doing now. Yeah, I think he's, he's hilarious. Great. What I was saying is I, I urge you to go back and watch the last Christmas Wham! music video. Oh, yeah. It's really wonderful. Like, it's, hilar- it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> like, you need to watch it and then hit me up afterwards. Because it's just, I, I watch it once in a while just to, like, put me in a good Every mood. week. Yeah, once I do. Once a week, yeah. I do, because it's, like, Sundays, that great. 12 o'clock. God. George Michael's hair. Just the whole thing is so good. I love good. the Club uh, Tropicana video. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it's at Pikes, the hotel where um, in Ibiza is. And Lewis Capaldi actually just did a video of the, the same thing. The exact video. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like frame Shop, for frame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, I have to watch that. What's your favorite meal or cuisine? A roast dinner is my favorite meal. Quite like Japanese food. Yeah. If you were not a musician, what would you be? A terrible chef. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably. An astronaut. An astronaut? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he had the option to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. He chose music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? I'm very organized. Really? Yeah. I, um, I like things done in a certain way, from packing my suitcase to knowing how many gigs I've played this year. I'm obs- I spend basically all of my spare time obsessing over card magic, like card tricks. Really? Yeah, that's kind of- I did not know this. You got any cards? Yeah. I should have brought know. some cards. Yeah. I'm really bit- upset about this. Yeah. Have you always felt this way? You kind yeah, I mean, from when I was a teenager, I kind of like got obsessed with David Blaine like mm-hmm. everyone did. Um and then weirdly when I got sober, you know, I was talking about how you kind of rekindle with old hobbies. Yes. I kind of went back to that. And I was like, I want to see if I can still do card tricks. And then that's become like Okay, an so obsession. forget chef. It'd be like magician maybe. Now, yeah. Yeah. If you could meet any celebrity dead or alive, who would it be? Ricky Gervais. Dead or alive. Jeff Buckley. Ah, oh, one of my favorite vocalists of all time. One of the most underrated, unknown, incredible artists. Or John Lennon. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Can they both come? They both can come. They both I'm Ricky can come. Gervais. <laughs> I'm Ricky Gervais. Strange. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, that Jeff Buckley Grace album is an album oh, everyone needs yeah. to own. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize we shared this this love of Jeff Buckley. Yeah. It's wow. What's the greatest risk you've ever taken? Getting in that um that golf cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the criminal couple. Yeah. 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 That was risky business. It was risky business. Um, went paragliding not that long ago. That's quite. I guess, that's, but it's not. That's not risky, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken a lot of drugs. That's probably the honest answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the big. That's probably like the biggest like dice roll on yeah. life. Yeah. That's, that is true. Paragliding is that's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. How about well, paragliding on drugs. Yeah. Except for the time <laughs> yeah. I yeah. did it on drugs. Yeah. That that's next level. Yeah. Last but not least, what are words you live by? Live, life, laugh. (laughs) No, um, this is just calling to me. Yeah, rock and roll. Rock and roll. Mm -hmm. It can just be the answer for everything, can't it? Yeah. You make a mistake. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. You nail it. Rock and roll. (laughs) It's like it's it's, Do we all agree it's rock and roll? It's rock and roll. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I love seeing both of you all the time. This is really a gift. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. It is always my pleasure to catch up with Mike and Ben. It is hard to believe I've been following them for 10 years, and I cannot wait to see where the next 10 take them. They are hands down one of the best live bands, and it is wild to witness just how much gorgeous sound they are able to make with just the two of them. I love these guys so much. It is now time for my sound advice, new music you need to know on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. First up this week is a new one from today's guest, Royal Blood. This song shows a different side of the band. It's the last song off of their new album, Back to the Water Below. It is gorgeous. It's melodic. You can certainly hear the Beatles and Bowie influence and rocks out at the end, which is signature to Royal Blood. There is no escaping it. Check out this new one from Royal Blood, Waves. Also this week is a new one from Kelsey Carter and the Heroines. Kelsey is such a rock star. She recently opened up for Billy Idol earlier this year, and this song is a bonafide 80s-inspired monster ballad. Kelsey shared with me that this song is about her love, Adam Slack, of the Struts, so naturally she asked him to solo on it. You need to blast this one, get lost in it, belt out the lyrics, air guitar to Adam Solo naturally and enjoy the latest song from Kelsey Carter and the heroines wild. Now introducing LA two piece trash former guest, Jason Alon, a fever three, three, three turned me onto it. This song was an instant obsession for me. The band said they came up with a punk skate riff on top of a punk skate drum pattern, and then introduced that riff with trap drums. It's got a little bit of everything, which is why I love it. And it just takes you on this journey Turn this one up. Check out Trash with their debut song, Disappear. That's my sound advice this week. Search for the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist wherever you listen to music. Thank you so much for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. I would love to hear from you, so please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I'd love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what new music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. And remember, you're a rock star. 